I'm good. Good. Yay, we're good working. Finally. About time, huh? Yes, no kidding. About time. With all the problems that we have had, as much time as we have wasted and got absolutely nothing accomplished, I'm beginning to think that we should rename our podcast to Congress. <laughs> <laughs> Who else wastes this much time and does absolutely nothing? Hey, I often, I thought, all the way up until they named the Washington Commanders the Commanders, I thought that they should make those guys name the Congress. You know what a Congress yeah. is, right? Uh, I've heard, but I don't recall the definition. What is it? It, it is a group of baboons. Is a Congress. There you go. So <laughs> I thought that would have been uh, very, very good Apt. to do. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Anywho. All right. Man, this is exciting. I, I, I'm that really, really happy is. that we're, we're able to finally do this. Um, yeah, a little bit of an introduction as to the name, Newsworthy. Um, we, we talked about... In the past, you and I have had many conversations on how do they determine what gets airtime and why aren't some things given more airtime and why are some things given way too much. And that's um, what we're trying to dig into a little bit with this is in, to narrow it down a little bit to look at some specific topics and to determine exactly that. Is it newsworthy? Uh, and if so, should it get more or less airtime? Uh what would you add to that about what we're doing? No, I think to that's perfect. Um, I think that's absolutely perfect. I, I, I don't know, but I feel like there's a, a mass of people out there who are sick of hearing about the Kardashians and not hearing enough about what's really happening in our world that, you know, affects us on a daily basis. Some of us uh, affects us definitely as a nation. Um and just affects us at, at some point in some form of humanity um, that we're just not hearing about. <laughs> There's so many amazing things and worrisome things and good things and bad things that are happening every day in our world that we simply don't have time to hear because we're hearing so much about things. Uh, like the Kardashians. Really. Yeah, it doesn't really matter to Hilla Beans. And the, the good example today is uh, uh, the uh, Amber Heard and our Johnny local Depp. Kentucky guy, uh, their their trial going on for anti-deflammation. Um, and it's just so much. It's everywhere. And I remember, I'm sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you're good. I remember a month or so ago, you and I were having a conversation, not about the podcast, but along the same lines, uh, we were just talking about news topics of the day. And I remember saying to you specifically that the Britney Spears topic come up. And this was around the time I think that her uh, attempting to get her dad's conservatorship overturned was really getting huge. Um, I don't think it had actually happened yet, but it was getting there. And one of us mentioned that, and I remember my comment to you was, I don't care. I really don't care. I do think that this girl was probably treated unfairly. 
Uh, I, I think this probably should have ended years ago, but I've heard about it so much. It's been in the news so much. I'm so tired of hearing about it. I'm so tired of reading about, uh, you know, who's trying to steal some of her millions. Uh, yes, the Kardashians, the Britney Spears of the world, the Johnny Depp slash Amber Heard cases of the world. Although those gossip type, you know, celebrity gossip things are certainly interesting. There's tabloids and magazines that cater to nothing but, but that just seems to, to take over so much of the news that you're right, that, that the important topics of the day oftentimes aren't covered at all, or if so, not nearly in the to the depth that they should be. Yeah, it, and it goes without saying that bad news sales, that's why they always focus on bad news. We never hear good, you know, sometimes your local news station at the very end, the very last minute of the program will give you a feel-good story about something, some kid who did something great, whatever. Uh, but the rest of it is all the negative. It's all, oh, what was us? What was us? What was us? Um, or, you know, bad people did this. And, and, you know, that's there's a place for that. But what you're getting lost in the shuffle is that we are also – a nation and a people and a world that's full of compassion. And I think that too many times the almighty dollar outweighs the, the weight of seeing somebody do something good in the world. And I, to me personally, I feel like that's a, uh, a, a very negative thing that's developed over, I guess, since we've had media at this point, but yeah, there's also one other thing that, that comes into play with that to play devil's advocate with you for a second. And that's the old saying that as long as bad news is news, we're still doing okay. When yeah. the day comes that the, a little boy helped an elderly lady cross the street, a little boy scout boy helped an elderly lady cross the street. If that's news, we're in trouble. Hopefully that's ha hopefully not only that, but hopefully the good stuff is happening so much that it's really not news. So th that is usually what you hear from media is their defense whenever these things are mentioned. And there is some degree of truth to it. Uh, yes, as long as the bad things are still making the news, that's a far better world than when the rare good person does a nice thing and that becomes news. So sure. Yeah, sure thing. Sure thing. So that's kind of what we want to run through in this podcast. We want, we want to bring to light things that we feel deserve more, more news. We want to talk about things that are getting way too much coverage and while we believe that they're not, uh, or why they are and why they shouldn't. Um, and, and I feel that there's a market for this. I feel like, you know, two guys from central Kentucky can, can put a little spot on the world there and hopefully we can help make some sense of it. Well, at least we can share our side of it. It remains to be seen if anyone finds it interesting, but uh, yeah, we can certainly share air slant air view to it. Hello, double infinity and welcome. Glad you joined us today. Yeah, whoever joins us, like for like our first hundred followers, from now till whenever we have more than that, 
You guys are getting Wednesday for free. <laughs> Wednesdays we're going to be Absolutely. live. We're just going to we're going to do this and we're going to edit it on Thursdays and actually publish it on Fridays as an edited, uh, wonderful, uh, mistake-free uh, uh, podcast. On Wednesdays, you just kind of get us pretty raw, and that's uh, <laughs> that's going to be kind of funny, I think. That's the plan anyway, as far as the schedule that you gave. And, yeah, uh, I think so. Hopefully, we'll be able to quickly get to and adhere to that. Certainly not going to guarantee the first week or two we're able to edit it in a timely manner, but uh, we'll certainly try. Yeah. So um, we've talked a little bit about the podcast. So, Jerry, what makes you when, – when, when, I, when I brought this idea up to you uh, okay. and I said, hey, Jerry, let's do a podcast – and then you were like, well, what about? And then we just kind of hashed it out. In your mind, were you just thinking I was a crazy person? Or did you have a desire to actually, like, try something new? Uh, no, I would go with the former. I pretty much thought you were crazy that we would, uh, that someone would be, someone or ones would be interested in listening. And I would clarify that a little bit. Uh, it's not that I did think that. I pretty much still do think that. I find it hard <laughs> to believe that people are going to care about what you and I have to say. So, hey, you know, we'll find out. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, so um, we kind of know what we're doing. And, you know, that can evolve or devolve really depending on feedback from the, the people who listen to the show. Um you know, everything changes. Sometimes it changes for the better. Sometimes it changes for the, for the, for the bad, but we're always open to change new ideas. If you have something that you would rather hear or hear our opinions on, please don't hesitate to reach out. Let us know. Um, but so we're a bunch of crazy people as Jerry has decided. <laughs> um, but by the way, if I could interject one thing going along with what you just said, um, can you see notes that are entered, by the way, Steve? Because Double Infinity just actually told us what he would like to see us address somewhere down the road. What's His that? question, he said, domestic violence pertaining to men, break your the silence or break your silence. What's your opinion? Uh, Double Infinity, I promise that we will get that added to one of the, the, the next, at least one of the next couple of, of podcasts coming up. Absolutely. Um, that's a good topic. Um, speaking of, since that was asked specifically, um, I, tell me a little bit about yourself and, and I'll get back to that, why it's, a, it's kind of an interesting topic uh, for me personally. But tell us, uh, Jerry, a little bit about your background, where you're from, what you're doing, how you're doing it, uh, just so people kind of know you know, why you're going to be wrong on most of your topics and I'm going to be right. Um, yeah, okay. in fact, we were, we were, a couple of names we thought about for the podcast was how many ways can Jerry be proven wrong today? Um, one of the other names was, yes, my name's Jerry and I'm always wrong. Um, and the third one but was, we, yes, I'm Jerry. I'm a, I'm a tree hugging liberal, but that's okay. So no, 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 no. You, you're forgetting what we finally decided to go with my, 
the little plaque that my ex-wife bought me that said there are two ways to do things. There's the wrong way and there's Jerry's way. So that's what we decided <laughs> to, to go with. Oh, but anyway, no. I'm a mid-50s uh, guy. I was born and raised in South Central Kentucky on Lake Cumberland. And uh, when I was 18 years old, I moved to the University of Kentucky at Lexington and spent the next 10, 12 years living in Central Kentucky and then moved to Central Virginia, worked in retail most of my life, and I've since moved back and retired, semi-retired, and uh, living the, the easy life. And uh, the, it would be really easy if I didn't have to constantly correct Steve because it just <laughs> poor guy's so misguided in so many subjects that, yeah, that, that's going to have to come out of retirement and just consider myself full-time employed doing that. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Your turn. I'm glad to see well, you agree. <laughs> I do everything but agree. Okay. Um, Mid 40s, uh, varied background, not retired. I still work. Uh, retail was in our background. I used to do home health, I've driven a truck. Um, I have. Uh, currently, I'm a full-time realtor, also here right in Bourbon Country, Central Kentucky. Um, and politically speaking, I'm a registered Republican. I don't care putting that out. But the only reason I'm still a registered Republican is that because in Kentucky, we do not have access to primaries if you're not a Republican or Democrat. Otherwise, I would 100% be a Libertarian. Um, and... Uh, that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, I just, I'm one of those people. And, and the, the reason I've dragged Jerry kicking and screaming into the podcast world is because um, I don't want to be on being from home health and end of life care with a lot of folks. I saw a lot of folks with a lot of regrets and honestly, I don't want to be that person. I want to be somebody who at my deathbed said, you know, I saw something I wasn't that good at it, but I did it. So, you know, I was a professional wrestler for a while for that very reason. So (laughs) as funny as that career was, that's a different story for a different day. Um, But I am very happy to be here today and excited, excited about this podcast. And maybe that's unfounded. Maybe in six months we'll have two listeners still and and that'll be that. And we'll wrap it up or, you know, we won't, you know, we'll see. So really excited about all that. A couple of things I'd like to add to that, if it's okay. One is where we met. We both mentioned that we'd worked in retail. I actually hired Steve when he was 16 years old. Uh, <laughs> and I would like to state that for the record, uh, obviously to show how that I've been correcting his misguided aspirations <laughs> all along, he was a full-blooded liberal at the time, which he will tell you. Uh, but yes, anyway, I did. That's how we met. I hired Steve when he was 16 years old. Uh, Steve mentioned that he's a registered Republican. I was a registered Republican for most of my life. Um, during the Donald Trump presidency, I decided that I could no longer go along with, with that. And uh, I am now an independent. And which is probably what I should have been for several years. Steve and I, Steve and I both agreed for several years that both parties are 
pretty much worthless. They seem far more interested in trying to maintain the power that they have than they do in fixing about any problem. So he and I've felt pretty much the same way for a long time on that. Anyway, uh, we're going to get into the two topics briefly that we wanted to cover this week. Yeah, let me touch on the domestic violence thing. Uh, I I just feel that um, the, the, uh, I feel like that is a topic that needs to be broached because domestic violence from men onto women um, is abhorrent. And I feel like domestic violence to men from women is equally as important. Um, I, I don't like either one. And, you know, it is one of those things that uh, uh, I, I just can't put it into words enough. Having been a victim in some respects to that in the past of what that's like. Um, and I have very close friends that have been on, on the other side of that. And I can't wrap my head around what that's like to have somebody that you love and that you have chosen to be with to intentionally hurt you. There's a whole gambit of, of emotions that just fill you from that. And I'm excited that that topic was brought up and I'll be real happy when we can actually make that podcast. So I just wanted to put, put that out there that, yeah, that's a, that's a real thing. Um, oh yeah. And I, I, I 100 double infinity. I hundred percent believe that from two men, from women, that, that is definitely something that happens. Um, and it happens in a variety of ways that a lot of people don't even realize. Um, and that's, um, uh, we'll get into that in the podcast, just from my own personal experience, I, I can speak on that and how that happens from, you know, name calling on the, on the small end to withholding, uh, intimacy to physical abuse. There is a whole, a whole gambit of, of things that, women can do to men and, 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 and do it happens. It's real. And for yes. men to be like, Oh, that, that never happens to me. Cause I'm a man, man, get over yourself. It happens every day to people on both. Like I said, on both sides. And I can't wait to do that topic. Um, might step on some toes. And if I do, that's okay. Um, yeah, we won't call names, but yeah, you absolutely have been through a lot. And I, certainly witnessed one of the worst episodes i think with you when one of your exes we're not going to call names but yeah, oh, yeah. I, I was there when yeah nicholasville i was there when that happened so yeah yeah will so, be an interesting topic it will and one of the other topics just along those same lines that we're going to have to delve into and maybe i'm first of all when we do when we set our topics to do for the podcast our normal topics, all we give each other is a headline just so we're not doing the same topic. Um, and we don't really try to, we try really hard not to talk about it to each other prior to the podcast. So, um, we do that so that the reactions are real. We're not, we're not acting here. We're not actors. Um, we do that because it gives us a chance, a, that we're not having the same topic B it, it, we do it so that, 
Um, we can do some research and have an educated conversation about it. Um, so we may be tipping the hat a little bit, knowing that we're going to have that conversation about that. And that's okay because that's an important conversation that people need to have more of, especially with, with the, the case in, in the news today. Um, another one that I want, I'll just throw out there with you, Jerry, that I think that I, I, I want to bring it up as a topic and, and it's a big enough topic that we both should work on it at some point is human trafficking. So, um, I feel that that is <laughs> something that we don't talk, it's, it's swept under the rug a lot and we need to definitely focus on that a little bit more, but we'll talk about that later. We do have two topics for today. Um, very small because we just wanted to get in here. We want to kind of introduce ourselves and what we're doing and how we're planning on doing it. Um, we have two topics. Jerry, you can go first with your topic because you won the coin, the coin toss. Absolutely. The imaginary coin toss I just did. There you go. Um, actually, we planned on doing this last week. And uh, due to technical difficulties, had to put it off for another week. So th the thing that brought this to my attention and made me decide that I wanted to talk about political grandstanding, if you want to give it a name, was when I'd read in the news about Nancy Pelosi and her delegation of a few representatives that went to Ukraine and met with President Vladimir Zelensky. And this was... I believe weekend before last. I'm not for sure exactly when it was, um, but it was sometime in that close to that. And it immediately made me start thinking, why? Why did she feel it necessary to go and have her picture made? I felt sure that I knew the reason. Did a little research and everything that I read everywhere was saying that, you know, this was simply a photo op. This was no different than basically Donald Trump getting generals and um, I believe the um, attorney general to march across the street when they, uh, right after they had to clear Lafayette Square, as I recall, and uh, did the photo op at the church where he held the Bible upside down to do his photo op. That's all it was, it's political grandstanding. I, I am so tired of the political parties, and it is parties. It's not party. It's not Democrats. It's not Republicans. It's all of them that seem to be far more interested, as I mentioned earlier, in doing what they believe is necessary to hang under the power that they have to stay in office instead of trying to fix the problems in the country. Guys, it is absolutely both parties, whether you want to look at Nancy Pelosi and some of the House Democrats that, that went over to um, Ukraine a little over a week ago. Her reason also, that she gave at the time, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, Jill Biden also went just this last week <laughs> to have yeah. lunch in a war zone with the president of Ukraine's wife. <laughs> really? <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. but I had Joe to or Jill? Jill. Joe Biden. Yes, yes. He's the first lady. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, when Pelosi went, she did say that the, she gave a reason for her going. She said, our delegation traveled to Kiev to send an unmistakable and resounding message to the entire world that America stands firmly with Ukraine. Has that not been stated previously on multiple occasions? 
have we not given billions and billions of dollars? And I think rightfully so. I'm certainly glad that we are standing with Ukraine. I just don't understand why, whether it's Jill Biden or in the case with Pelosi, it just everything seemed to be geared toward a photo op, political grandstanding. Let, let's see how I can get my name in the in the paper. And, and again, guys, I'm not picking on one party. Um, whether it was Donald Trump going across to the church to hold up the Bible, which was upside down for his photo op. Um, 400 Republicans going to the southern border for the same thing. Ted Cruz, one of my guys, yep. as an example yep. also. I mean, Here's another if, example. Go go ahead. I thought you were done. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, if any of the, 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 of, any of the uh, politicians that sort of, if you put air quotes around it, have an opportunity or a reason to go, to the southern border, Ted Cruz would be one of them because you know he's, he's a congressman from from Texas, which is on the border. But he's not the only one. Just about every Republican in the party has been there at some point, standing on a wall, looking at some poor, helpless folks trying to just make a better life for themselves, just to get a photo op in. But you know, go yes. ahead. I, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, an- another couple of examples. One was right along with with what you were talking about was Trump going back a little bit before most of the pictures that you're talking about. Uh, in 2016, Trump spent so much time trying to convince everyone in America that our problems, no matter what your problem is, that it's a result of illegal immigrants. Um, everyone remembers, I'm sure, when he was talking about Mexicans and he said, uh, they're not sending us their best. They're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists, and some, I assume, are good people. End quote. Um, Another example, this year, Joe Biden, during Earth Day remarks that he gave in Washington on April the 22nd, Biden said, and I quote, we're going to start the process for every vehicle in the United States military. Every vehicle is going to be climate friendly. Every vehicle, I mean it. We're spending billions of dollars to do it. End quote. Are you flipping kidding me? He's saying that our tanks are going to be climate friendly. Our Humvees are going to be climate friendly. Are you kidding me? Our Our M1 Abrams, which can shoot a football off of another tank at 200, at like 100 miles at 35 miles an hour. (laughs) That's our biggest concern is the climate friendly. Obviously, these guys, whether it's Republicans going to the border, trying to make an issue out of illegal immigration, or Joe Biden trying to tell us that we're going to make our tanks and Apache helicopters climate friendly, they're trying to appeal to our base interests. They're trying to figure out what the boogeyman is and, and come across to those people that are afraid of climate change, illegal immigrants, whatever it is. It's just political grandstanding. They're not doing anything. They're not accomplishing anything. All they're doing is political grandstanding. I'm tired of it. To me, it's very insulting. It, they're basically saying that they think we're stupid enough to believe that they can make every tank, every helicopter climate friendly. Uh, they think we're stupid enough to believe that they can and will fix the immigration problem and that that will solve all of our problems. It's just political grandstanding, and I'm tired of it. So that, that's basically what I had to say. Uh, don't think there's ever going to be a fix to that. 
other than voting these people out. You and I have talked, Steve. We, we both believe that one of the, the best things that this country could do to fix our political problems would be term limits for Congress. Unfortunately, limits, Congress themselves would have to vote for that, limits. and we can't see them doing that. But, yes, I 100% agree that would be the first and probably largest step in fixing so many of our problems. You know, I, think I was I'm, thinking about that. I'm, I, you know, there are several things that has to happen on a state level when you change the Constitution that don't that that do not derive from Congress initially. Um, if we want to add a amendment to the Constitution, the states individually have to vote on that. I wonder if term limits wouldn't be one of those things. Why would you why would you give the the wolves the keys to the hen house, if you will? So I might have to do some research on that myself just to make sure. If anyone knows the answer to that, I'd be loving to hear it. Um, Very true. You know, is uh, that in the Constitution? What that sets the limits for Congress probably is. I don't. I'm not uh, sure. You, I'm sure it's in an amendment somewhere, buried somewhere, when somebody decided they wanted to stay longer than they should. Probably around the 1940s, around the FDR era, maybe. <laughs> Just guessing. I have no idea. But you said um, one of the things when it comes to grandstanding, I was reading about the Pelosi thing. She said, we wanted to go there to show a united front and deliver this $40 billion to the Ukrainians. Um and that's all well and good, uh, but it, well, that's just all well and good. That's a different topic for a different day. I'm not even going to go down that rabbit hole today. I know where you're starting to head with that. Yeah, that's going to evolve <laughs> into a huge. You know how my mind thinks, Jerry. I was going. Where's the money coming from? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, sure. Why do we got to pay interest on money we're giving away? <laughs> But that also applies to every dollar we're spending because, yeah, we don't have Absolutely. any of it. Absolutely. Very true. Well, that's a, a, a great topic. And for once, there's not going to be – neither of these topics today we picked. We have a – we have a uh, – uh, uh, give us a uh, good opportunity to debate each other because we both agree with them. Uh, political grandstanding to me just drives me insane. I hate it. People who think that, and, and a lot of it comes from the mentality I feel from people who the president is to the Congress, to our state governors and, and state house people. They always try to govern and talk to us like we are all the lowest common denominator. And that drives me insane. To me, when you work toward the lowest common denominator, that's where you're setting your expectations. And, and I think that makes us worse as a, as a country to do it that way. If, if you're talking to the top, the more educated, the, 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 the more intelligent folk, and, and that's where you focus your message by not grandstanding. Hey, look, guys, we feel it. You know, we need to send this $40 billion. Okay, great. That's wonderful. Um, but why? And if the folks that – it really makes me angry to be governed, taught, 
and education systems are that way as you get into the middle school ages and the high school ages, especially they are taught to the lowest common denominator to get as many of those kids passed and onto the next grade as they possibly can. And the same thing applies in a stretched way. And I realize I'm stretching a bit, but when you politically grandstand, you are speaking, you're going to the lowest common denominator. Well, look, there was Nancy Pelosi. She really cares about them Ukrainian people. That's the message that the people on the bottom get and see, and that's why it's successful. That's why they're always going to do it, because it may get them one additional vote or two additional votes. Um, even though the people are on the other end of the spectrum are like, oh, we got our, hand, our head in our hands, and we're like, would you please stop with this? And they do it because they get votes. And, and yep. back to the, you know, the, the term limit thing, you know, if you had term limits and, and term limits were, say, six, six years for, for the Senate uh, or they have a six year term. So we'll do that twice. They have 12 years. The first six years, they're going to do what they do now. They're going to try to get reelected. But the second six years, when they have no shot of being reelected, that's when you would hope they would make the vote to make America better. <laughs> and hopefully That's when they not would try to work to on their legacy. Right, right, exactly. Instead of like our, our good buddy here, Mitch McConnell, who's been there 123 years and, and doesn't give a, a, hot, a hot nothing about his legacy because he feels like he's got uh, until he retires. It's just, it's crazy to me. So anyway, sorry about that. <laughs> But uh, uh, so that was that was a good topic, Jerry. And, and even though we agree on it, um, it was very worth very worth bringing up. You know, it happens every day. Rob DeSantis down in Florida with the whole Disney thing is doing it right now. You know, we talked about the Republicans on the southern border. We talked. To, we didn't talk about the Democrats on the southern border who were angry and yelling and screaming about these people in cages in these centers on the, in, in, in border patrol headquarters. Well, guess what? Those same Democrats haven't said anything as Joe Biden's have made those cages bigger and stronger and hold more people. So they need to fix that whole system on the Southern border, the whole way that, um, the whole way that, they don't want to fix more, it. Do what? I really believe they do not care about fixing the problem. The problem would be way too easy to fix. That That's not what they want to do. They should. I agree with you. I just don't think they have any intention of doing so. Yeah. Well, I agree that you are right on that. Oh, my gosh. Did I just say that out loud? Yes. Jeez. I did not mean point. to say that out loud. Please, we're going to have to edit that out. I can't have on the air that I just said Jerry was right. That just goes against the whole my whole my whole game here. Um, <laughs> I'm editing that out, Jerry. Just so you know, no one else is going to know except whoever's on here today. <laughs> that I said that. <laughs> Double infinity shall be my witness. Oh no, no, I don't think so. I think that that's going to uh, be gone. <laughs> um, but we we do agree on that. And that's that's really really uh, unfortunate that that 
that is the way it is. Because it, it ugh, just that leaves a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> yes, it does. So, your topic. What is it you're going to okay, be discussing? Okay, so, yeah, my topic tonight is a little something totally different. Um, we, we did one political thing tonight, and um, I thought that one of the things I saw an article and literally saw the article on the bottom, the very bottom of my scroll feed on Microsoft. Uh, and I was like, why is this not being talked about? Why is this not being screamed to the heavens? And if you're wondering what that topic is, it's pretty simple. Um, the report says, and let me pull it up here just so that I have it. Um, and I can read it verbatim because it does it normally, I don't like to read straight from something, but this is a fact sheet from earthday.org. And I, I just want to stun you a little bit with some of the, uh, uh, the facts. Um, there are four, what we're going to talk about is the extinction and the, the rapid, um, disappearance of honeybees and why that's important. Um, honeybees <laughs> by far, if you all didn't know being here in Kentucky and there's a lot of farms and, and working out West where there's even more farms, honeybees by far the best pollinators on earth without honeybees, we will all starve to death. I'll say that again because it's the facts without honeybees, we have no way to pollinate as effectively and most people on earth will die of starvation. <laughs> that sounds really scary, Steve. What's your facts? I'll tell you what the facts are. Um, there's four, there's 20,000 bee species found around the world. 4,000 of them are in the United States alone. Folks, if you think that the rest of the world could feed themselves without the United States, you're wrong. We provide like an unbelievably amount, an unbelievable amount of food to the rest of the world. We're the largest but, food exporter in the world. Absolutely. From twenty, from two thousand six to two thousand fifteen, approximately twenty five percent fewer species were found worldwide. So twenty five percent of twenty thousand is. 5,000 species disappeared? Under the best scenario, thousands of bee series have already become too rare to continue life. Ultimately, a decline in bee diversity is driven either by increase in rarity or irreversible extinction and will affect pollination of wild plants and crops and have broader ecological and economic consequences. There's many factors that they, they attributed to this. Uh, habitat habitat uh, fragmentation, uh, a certain particular kind of pesticide, colony collapse disorder, which is like a bee brain disorder, <laughs> and climate change, uh, be it man-made or natural. Um, bees do, however, exist in all the climates in the world, which is good. Africa, they even live in the Arctic Circle. Uh, wild bees in the U.S. live in many different places, including in the ground and holes and in trees. 
Um, 75% of the world's crops, 70, I'll read that again, 75% of all the world's crops depend on bees as their primary pollinators. In North America alone, bees help with the production of at least 90 different crops. Um, and one, it says basically here, one-third of the world's entire food supply relies solely on bees um, in one form or fashion or the other. The global crop, crop production pollinated by bees is valued. Now, this was five years ago. The global crop production pollinated by bees is valued at $577 billion. $20 billion of that goes to the U.S. agriculture industry alone. In California, 80% of the almonds hired, or harvested um, spread over 1.7 million acres uh, requires a staggering 1.6 million bee colonies to pollinate and produce the number of almonds to supply the world. That's 1.6 million colonies, not just the, the individual bees. That's how many colonies. For almost every acre, it requires uh, uh, an entire colony of bees. Um, and the fact is that the, the, they are going away at an alarming rate. Since 1995, most bees have, have, have since 1995, 40% of the global bee population has gone either extinct or is met and now on the endangered list. Um, that's in less than 20 years. We lose 10,000 more species per year at, than at a normal rate. I, I guess because they're the way that they live and their, the way that they're colonized. If you lose the queen, you lose the colony. So it doesn't take much to reduce their numbers really, really quick. Um, and that, that's just one of the things that it just, when I see that and I read it and I'm like, hmm, well, that's interesting. Why is that below what Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian wore to the Oscars? <laughs> to me, that just, I, I don't understand. I can't comprehend that. Um, again, I guess, and that's bad news. So it should be shouted to the trees, I think. I think that that's something that, we should, and we have some. We can do something about it. I mean, that's 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 the scary part about bees. We we have the ability in the United States to fix that. Can we control the rest of the world's populations? No, but we can certainly enact uh, things. And and even without good, the help of government, we can have bee colonies in our own property. Question for you, Steve. Sure. What are the primary reasons that bees are going extinct? Um, the primary reasons have, uh, there's about six reasons that most people attribute to uh, the, bee, the the reasons. Ah, I can't speak. I apologize. Words are hard today. I worked hard today. So, um the six primary reasons uh, for bees to be going extinct: pesticide use in America. That you know, we're 
first world countries, we have pesticides um, that are affecting them. Um, yep. Climate change, be it man-made or natural, is a, is a huge thing. Um, uh, loss of habitat is another. And, you know, there's a few others that they don't understand. One of them is, uh, here we go. Here's the article I was looking for. I apologize for the, for the delay there. Okay, so modern farming methods are actually part of that, to yep. blame for part of that. Um, the reason is it, it, bees require different types of hollow, or, or pollen. They don't, they don't go around pollinating just because they want to help, you know, help people out. They pollinate because they need to go back to their hives. They need to make honey for their young, and that's part of their life cycle. But when yep. we spend uh, in, in the Midwest, when we have hundreds and hundreds of acres that are all corn, well, corn alone will not make honey. So they have to they 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 have to leave that area to go find different crops to make their honey. Um, not only that, there's residue on top of those crops that can affect the uh, production of honey and bees and pollination. Um, there are some new diseases and parasites. Uh, one of them is called the Varroa destructor. Sounds like a uh, Decepticon on the Transformers. <laughs> um, but basically they weaken our bees, weaken our colonies. And one of those, um, one of those is that it loses the worker bees will leave the hive to go find pollen and they forget how to get back to the hive and they, they die. <laughs> is the cell phones related to that? Yes. I was getting ready to say that. Um, yes. um, Wi-Fi consists of electromagnetic radiation. Bees, yep use magnetic bars in their bodies um That's a to find kind of like be like bats use echolocation um it's how they find home um and when they go into areas of high wi-fi concentrations they get very confused very easily because their bodies tell them to do something that it ain't supposed to do um climate change of course is a, a big one uh for here in America, they have new predators that they never had before, especially in the upper mid Midwest, uh, North Northwest and California. The newly arrived Asian murder hornets are a serious, serious threat. And you still have coming up from the South and an ever expanding, uh, uh, it's basically every year they take another, I think I'm pretty sure I read every year they go another 15 miles North you don't hear about it as much anymore, but Africanized bee colonies are taking over the South, all the way up from Mexico through California. Some have actually reached Western Kentucky at this point. So um, that's, a, that's a new thing that's threatening them. So, yeah, there's a lot of things. And of those things, there are things that we can control, that we can help the bee population so that we don't starve to death. Starving to death seems like a really bad, a bad way to go for me. No, I agree. But to play devil's advocate, think about a couple of the things that we said are some of the biggest causes uh, for the decline in bee population. And when you begin to look at pesticides and cell phone usage, uh, 
Yeah, I don't know how willing we're going to be to give up our pesticides. I don't know how willing we're going to be to give up our um, cell phone usage. So that could be part of the reason with it not hitting the news more. Although I absolutely, totally agree with you. When this huge portion of the food for the entire world is dependent upon it, whether it's an easy conversation or an extremely tough conversation, it's one that needs to be had. Well, you said pesticides. Um, one of the things that we've been great at, especially in this country, is adapting and changing our pesticides to better our wildlife population. You know, 20, 30 years ago, DDT was a huge pesticide, um, but it was decimating our, our bald eagle and um, what is what are they? What are they? Those are raptors, right? Eagles? I'm um, not for sure. They are a very specific kind of bird, but it was definite. It was decimating their genus of bird, um, and you know we got rid of it. We said, okay, that's really hurting our our wildlife. Let's let's switch, and we switched. We switched to different pesticides. Uh, we made the the pesticide companies take a hard look at what they were doing to the wildlife. Yeah, it was killing the bugs, but it was also destroying the creeks. We, we, we stopped that. Um, so I think that that's something that, yeah, it would take a couple of hard years, but we could make that work. Um, you know, if in between rows, when I, when I lived out West, you would just drive through Iowa, through Nebraska, through Kansas, Kansas has it figured out. <laughs> Every other field in Kansas, for the most part, um, as part of their crop rotation is now sunflowers. They've developed that because, A, they can sell sunflowers, sunflower seeds, sunflower oil, um, and harvest it, but also increases the yield of their other crops because of the, the pollination of the bees. Um, so those are a couple of things. Are we going to get rid of Wi-Fi? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh we're not ever going to get rid of Wi-Fi. That's dumb. But of the things we can't control, we should control. That's just the way I see that. No, I agree. Whether it's easy or not, we we're, these are decisions we're going to have to start making. We can't give up. Well, you know that portion of the world's food. Just just to put a wrap on it, Jerry. It's like so many other things that we talk about. Ultimately, at our age. We're, we've gone a long time in our lives taking, and now we have to re realistically as adults look at, okay, we've done all this. Now what are we going to do to leave our children a better place? What sacrifices are we going to make to, to the kids and the grandkids and, and the generations that are coming, coming to a better place? But, you know, that's just kind of how that is. I feel like... Uh, you know, I feel like this has been a good episode today. We got on practically on time. We got two topics in. We had an interview session. You know, the only thing we didn't do was a bad dad joke. I'm sure we can easily overcome that problem. <laughs> I'm sure we could, but I'm not. I'm not going to do that tonight. I'm we'll not going to have a bad for, dad joke. We'll save that for the next episode. Awesome. It sounds great. I appreciate you, and we'll get this edited, and we'll post it 
And then we'll prepare for next week's episode. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. I appreciate it so much. Absolutely. See you next time. Bye.